Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey, one of the MCSEs at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Get online, please, if you'd like. We are live, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. You can listen anywhere on the podcast, radio.com. We're also streaming on Facebook Live over at WTIC's Facebook page. So uh, feel free to get online, and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Speaking of concerns, and you might have heard this in the news lately, Comcast is delaying its rollout of the 1.2 terabyte data caps that would have hit 12 states in March um, with basically an overcharge. They were going to, if you went beyond your 1.2 terabyte of usage, they're going to start whacking you $10 for every 500, uh, 50 gigs, every 50 gigs more you spend. And it was all over the news. Oh, our, our Attorney General, William Tong, helped to prevent this from happening for you Comcast subscribers. Uh, he's going to push it off until July, right when your big electric bill comes in at the same time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this has all been prevented by our Attorney General, and we should, we should all be so thankful. Um, the problem that I have with this is that Cox has been whacking us since August. Nobody seems to care about Cox. <laughs> Cox has been hitting my, my uh, Internet for for this type of overcharge since August. All I hear is crickets. Yeah, but that was before COVID, right? Of course not. COVID started in March. Oh, okay. Right? It's been going on so long, Bob, you don't even know when COVID started. Uh, You know, this has been going on with Cox since August. So, again, I've been telling you we're going to be billed for our data usage forever. Eventually, we're going to be all just paying, which makes sense to me. We should be paying for our data usage because the thing about this story is Comcast says only 5% of its customers would have been affected, Bob. So what does that mean to you? If only 5% are affected by this overage, wouldn't it mean that most of them are paying way too much for their Internet because they're not coming anywhere near the data cap? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a point there. That's what it would mean to me. So what that means is, like, if I went to the gas station and 
bought five gallons of gas, right. I would pay the same price as the person that went and bought 20 gallons of gas. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's what's happening with the internet. So to, for Comcast to say, well, it's only going to affect 5%. And of course, anecdotally, according to Attorney uh, Tong, uh, Attorney General Tong here in Connecticut, uh, he thinks anecdotally that's not true. It's probably more. And I agree with him. It's more than 5% of people are, are getting, would have been hit by this overage. Um, but again, Attorney General, did you forget about Cox? I mean, they've been hitting us since August. Why is that not in the news? I guess it's not a big deal. I mean, maybe it depends on how the uh, the jurisdictions are laid out for the voters who are Cox users versus Comcast users. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but, well, they didn't do it at the same time. And I'll guarantee you that Comcast looked at Cox and said, hey, if they can do it, we, we can, can do it. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it turns out Comcast can't, but Cox still can. So maybe maybe there's issues there as far as who supports who. Uh, maybe there's contributions happening. I have no idea. But the point is this needs to uh, be fared out. And I think also if we could look at usage for our Internet service rather than these unlimited things. I told you with my Google Pixel phone, I pay you know 20 bucks a month for my smartphone usage because I don't use all the crazy data that all you guys use in your unlimited $45 plans. The idea of an unlimited plan is to hope that they're barely going to use any of your time. Same things work with MSPs who offer you unlimited help desks. They're hoping you're barely going to call them. Unlimited just means it's a buffet where you can only eat so much pork fried rice. <laughs> <laughs> and they know you're not going to eat so much pork fried rice that it's going to cost them more than the unlimited buffet costs. Right? Uh -huh. Unlimited. Right? So if you do it by usage, it is going to be more fair. So maybe we could do work on you know, looking at how uh, broadband companies offer their services. Go NetSpeed, it's, um, it is no additional cost. It's, it's, there's no overage and no price changes for the, for the life of, of you having them as a, a broadband provider. So you win either way with that service. So let's hope that gets out to more people. What else you got, Bob? What do you got in the news? Okay. This is one that's been on the news, but it's worth repeating. Yeah. And we'll add a little bit to it. Don't post a photo of your vaccination card on social media, officials warn. Right. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission said criminals can use personal, personal information to steal your identity. Instead, take a vaccine selfie. If you've been vaccinated against the coronavirus, you have plenty of reason to celebrate. Just don't do it by posting a photo of your vaccination card to social media. The Federal Trade Commission said Friday in a blog post, right. the FTC points out that your vaccination card contains personal information like your name, birth date, which bad actors can use to piece together a profile of you that could help them steal your identity. Right. Instead, the FTC recommends that you jump on a similar but far safer trend, vaccine selfies. The agency suggests you post a photo of your bandage or the sticker... <laughs> You get you get showing you've received the vaccine, right? So, uh, yeah, it's uh, the fact that they have to say this is obvious. But if you're a Facebook user, there are so many things out there that try to trick you into giving up this information. Like, you know, uh, they ask you about what your what your high school was, your your favorite teacher was. These are all security questions that when people post this stuff on Facebook, they didn't even realize they're giving people the, the information about their... Like the name of your dog or your kids. Name of your first dog, your first car, your first... What was your first concert that you went to? Don't date yourself. What was your first concert? <laughs> well, you're telling them a security question. That's a pretty common question, <laughs> ding-a-lings. Um, but you guys do this all the time, and I, I, I'm, I'm just tired of being on Facebook and saying, hey, guys, this is a security question. Don't, don't respond. You can just see tons of people posting their first concert, their first pet, their first... Their first, their favorite teacher is always on Facebook. So this uh, 
this post I'm going to do on the uh, vaccine card. Yeah. All right. It's uh, got a companion article. Identity thieves raked in billions with your data, even as breaches fell in 2020. So in other words. They're getting better at it. They're getting better <laughs> at getting uh, individuals right. by stealing identity. Right. So they don't have to do the big Right. Breaches anymore. No, and actually I was reading something recently where a lot of people um, are getting hit with uh, 1099s for uh, for funds that were claimed during this whole COVID thing where these these stimulus checks went to folks and people claimed them in their behalf, uh, stealing their identity, and they're getting 1099s and they're saying, hey, I never, I never got any check. <laughs> but they're getting the tax bill because the identity thief took your money and the government now is asking you to pay the tax on what you were given. <laughs> and it's a big problem because, of course, for some reason, our government can't doesn't know who you are. When they write the check, they're really not sure who you are when they send the check to you. Well, they know who you are. <laughs> yeah. But and, and they know where you live. Yeah. But they'll send the check to anybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, don't send it to my address. If you could, please send it to a P.O. box over here with the other 80 checks I'm getting. <laughs> Ah, beautiful. Uh, what else you got there, Bob? Okay. Uh, this is a good one. This is another CNET article. Yeah. When you've seized $64 million in Bitcoin, yeah. but don't have the password. Oh, is it, is it one of those, when a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? No, it's a little if different. If you seize the actual Bitcoin, does it make a sound if you don't so, have the password? Authorities in Germany seized more than 1,700 Bitcoin, yeah. but the fraudster they arrested refuses to give them access. <laughs> authorities in the Bavarian, Bavarian town of Kempten in Germany yeah. are in a pickle. Have they really seized it then, is my point. They I have. They've seized well, anything. <laughs> they have in their possession more than 1,700 Bitcoins worth roughly $64 million, mm -hmm. according to Coinbase, but they lack the password to access the cryptocurrency <laughs> the police seized the bitcoins from a fraudster who refused to give up the password according right. to routers routers reuters, reuters. <laughs> <laughs> the man has since served his uh, uh, served his two-year term and went the entire time without revealing the password right. leaving authorities at an impasse mm -hmm. the police weren't sure if the man was just withholding the password or simply forgot <laughs> If you have $64 million in Bitcoin, you're not going to forget. I think I might get temporary in the museum. Yeah, right. Oh, well, yeah. anyway, I while, there were, uh, well, while there are some digital wallets that allow you to reconstruct your Bitcoin holdings, even mm. if seized, it's unclear how these were stored. The Bavarian Ministry of Justice wasn't available for further comment. Bitcoin <laughs> is, a, is among the many cryptocurrencies that have grown popular in recent years, including alternative altcoin currency like Dog e-coin. <laughs> Jeez. But unlike physical cash, they're stored in digital wallets that require a password. Right. Forget the password and you're out of luck. The value of Bitcoin has surged over the last year, peaking at $42,000 per Bitcoin. Mm. Last month, it's trading at $37,698.32 today. Well, this yeah, was, in uh, real money. Fake money trading for real money. That's a big on problem. February 5th, so wow. God knows what it is today. Well, hopefully they get the password. Um, they'll give them truth serum, I guess. Well, that dog e-coin was yeah. a fake Bitcoin, you know? Oh, uh, it was? Crypto coin. Oh. But then it became real. Somebody decided as a joke to make it, and oh, then geez. it took off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's worth money. I guess so. All right. Well, we're going to be here until uh, 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And everything we talk about will be posted over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of our show, .com, which also works. We'll be right back.
And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And we're here till 11. Feel free to get online. We have three lines open for you on this lovely Saturday morning. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Darius in Berlin first. What's going on, Darius? Good morning. I'm trying to understand what options are available to do remote printing since we're partially in the office, partially out of the office, small little business, and sometimes you got to print down something that doesn't make sense to do at the house. Um, I know Google had an option which is now no longer viable. Does uh, Microsoft or someone have a good remote printing or cloud printing option? Um, Most of the new printers that you buy today actually have built-in remote printing options. So it goes to... uh, let's say, uh, an HP site or a, a Canon site or a Brother site or something like that, where it creates a deal when you first set it up. Now, you can there's a checkbox to uh, not do it, but you can set it up, and then it'll print out a sheet with your password and the URL to use so that then you can take it with that information and install that printer either on your PC or your smartphone and be able to print remotely. Over the now, what about legacy printers or copy machine printer machines? I think you're going to be SOL on that. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got that feeling. Yeah. I mean, there are there is some printer redirection, depending on how sophisticated your network is, that could be configured to send the job locally, but that can get kind of complicated. <laughs> Well, and it's also, um, you know, privacy issues and, and security issues, and so... Yeah, I mean that's actually a big point you bring up, Darius, because you know even with the tool that Bob mentioned, you're you're going to a third party now to print the image, and that image is going to exist in that third party's URL for a period of time. I would contend, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it would. And the other thought is, if you're printing, you know, customer data with this whole COVID thing and people working from home in all sorts of industries, what are they printing and leaving on their dining room tables? Um, you know, what kind of data, our data, are they printing and leaving right there? Uh, I'm not sure what industry you're in, obviously, but... Yeah, we're in insurance, and so there is HIPAA, and it's really the privacy issue and customer information that we don't want hanging out, out on the cloud and some remote server in a third world country. Well, <laughs> There's that, yeah. Or on your dining room table as you print it out and somebody happens to walk by, they shouldn't look at it. You know, your kid's friend comes by. I mean, I don't know. Or you have friends over to watch the Super Bowl, no more than 10, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, it's on the table. I mean, this is, this is a big problem nowadays. Uh, companies really need to rethink what's going on with all this work from home stuff. Um, so I saw that Microsoft 365 has some type of a pseudo option. Is that not a viable for third, I'll call them, you know, again, I call them legacy printers or several years. Some are several years old. Some are a little bit long older than that, but they're the, you know, they're the high speed. They're also the, yeah. you know, color and all that jazz. Uh, and so to replace, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of printers so someone could no, no, that should work. I mean, and, and Bob, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think I am. I think I'm correct here. If, if you've got a local printer and you're using 365, and you've got the the actual d- document in an, um, the iDrive, you can print that to your local machine if it's connected to your local computer. That's not no, redirection. No, no, I'm if, I'm at, if I'm at home and and I've got a I got a print and I don't want to print the 50 page report that we need to review 
at the house and, and kill the home printer where it would make... Oh, you want to send it back to the office? Yes. Oh, okay. I completely misunderstood That's this. What I was talking about. So then, if it were on in, in your office and you had a VPN to your office, right. and it's a network printer, you could easily print to that printer. Right. Because it basically okay, so that's it would, where most printouts occur. That's required. Yes, because the the actual data is on the server at your office now, or the PC at your office. You're VPNing into the it, and the PC has got the connection to that local printer, and it's going to say, okay. Well, yeah, all the, all the all of the printers are network printers, but yeah. what you're saying is set up set up one of the machines as a as a print server. You can do that. Um, again, if you VPN and the resource is connected to the, the network now, a VPN is different than a cloud connection. You're now on that network, and you can now access the resources on that network in your office and send print jobs to whatever you can see on the network. And it's direct. You're not depending on a third party. Right, much more secure. Ah, okay. So that's, that's, that's the goal. Because I know Google was using their own cloud, and uh, that yeah. the interfaces you would your your like you said, you would be uploading that file to the cloud, and then it would end up eventually getting back to your local business network. And so you're basically saying uh, the VPN option yeah, is the you, right option if you want to do from-home print at the work site. Correct. You don't need to deal with a third party. Anytime you deal with that third party, you're just adding more risk. Um, yeah, VPN right in, connect in, send the print job locally to that local printer, and hope the cleaning crew doesn't pick up whatever you put on the printer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> a little, little, little more secure than that. All right, but, uh, very good. Okay, so, uh, so the Microsoft option and, and the Google stuff that that had ended is is okay. Yeah, you don't need any of that. You don't need any of that. Anything that you put on Google, by the way, if you read their EULA belongs to them. I know. <laughs> yeah, double yeah, check well, that. So that's another thing. So does uh, Facebook, Instagram, and everything else. So. Yeah, right. but that's free. At least with Google, you're probably paying for it. Yes. But yeah. still, um, rather not. Well, I appreciate it. Long time uh, listener, first time caller. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Darius. Good luck. Have a great weekend. Bye. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. Let's move on to uh, Gary in Bloomfield next. What's going on, Gary? How you guys doing? Good. How are you? Okay. Uh, I'm trying to update. I have the malware bytes free version. Uh huh. And I've been every time I've tried for the last couple months to update the database. Um, I keep getting uh, a message unable to contact the update server. How old is your Malwarebytes itself? Is it very old? Uh, it's probably maybe two or three years old. Yeah. I'm going to tell you to download Malwarebytes again. Okay. And be careful. Watch the checkboxes as far as what you're downloading. Um, so you don't check off that it's a trial. They could have changed this, but you know, make sure you check off that you want the free version if they still exist. Most likely, they just changed the update server on you on your version. So we can probably put a link here for you. Okay, I appreciate that. So sure. Now, do I have to uninstall the version I have now? <clears throat> I would. Okay. It'll keep it cleaner that way. So I uninstall what I have now, then check your website out and. Uh, see if I can download a new version. Right. That'd probably be the easiest way to do it than to try to fight with Mal Malwarebytes uh, update server. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, Gary. Yep. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. So we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Four lines wide open. Feel free to get online, 800 966
WTIC, 522 WTIC. Also, we're on WTIC's Facebook page. If you want to follow us on Facebook Live, feel free to say, say where you're listening from or watching us from. It's always cool to find out where you guys are from. Like us, share us, please. Uh, that way Mark Zuckerberg deems the broadcast worthy. What do you got, Bob? Well, Malwarebytes uh, has kind of eliminated the free one. It's only a 14-day trial. Eliminated it completely. It's not on the website. So. Oh, that's the issue then for for the caller there, Gary. Sorry, Gary. You either got to pay or not. And I would, I would say, look, these days, antivirus is no longer a free thing. It's an important. You need to pay for antivirus on your system if you really want to be protected. The free stuff is just not that good. And um, pick, pick your poison as far as a tool you want to use. How much is malware bytes a year? Twenty nine dollars. Yeah, thirty bucks. Twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and WebRoot's about twenty five dollars a year or so. They're competitive. It's not going to break the bank, and you really need to consider protecting your systems. Um, the free stuff that's built into Microsoft, I would not contain. I would not contend is a good choice. So feel free to get online, guys. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Remember, if you've ever missed a show, you want to go back and listen to the podcast. You can subscribe to Computer Talk with Tab podcast over at WTIC. Dot com. You can go to radio.com or, or, or WTIC.com, subscribe to the podcast. Anything you missed will be there for you, uh, no matter where you are uh, in the world. If you want to listen to uh, what Bob and I have to say, you know, our wives don't listen to us, but maybe you guys will. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pay for that one. Uh, feel, free, <laughs> feel free to download that over on radio.com. We'll be right back. My wife. Back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. Bob's going to get his microphone over in the right spot. Uh, we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Last few shows, the, the lines are jammed up. Right now, we definitely have some free time this morning, which is great. Get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. But we do have a caller, so we're going to get to that, that caller first. We're going to go to Jack in Glastonbury first. What's going on, Jack? Yeah, I've got a question for you. I, yeah. I'm kind of old school. When I was involved a lot with computers, we were still back in the, you know, the uh, Ethernet uh, cable days when you could ping, you know, ping from A to B and see what's going on, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're still in those days. Yeah, uh, but like at home here, I'm all Wi-Fi connected. So right. I, 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 got, I got this working. Uh, what I wanted to do was use remote desktop on my uh, on my big PC uh, to access it via my uh, large format iPad, okay? All right. Just, just so I could see what was going on. So I loaded the uh, free app that Microsoft provides on, for the iPad and, and started to configure it, you know, get it to, to work. And, and the strange thing was that instead of what it, what it wanted, it wouldn't work, you know, so I started doing these Googles to see what was going on, you know, and yeah. finally somebody says, well, Instead of using the username, enter the IP address yeah. of the router. You know? Not the router. That's just your gateway. Well, well my IP4, you know, the IP4, uh, it's the one that's 160, I think it's 168 something, blah, 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 dot 70, one yeah. dot 70, that one, you know? Well, an IP address is an IP address, right? So uh, yeah. you need to get, the IP address of the router is only going to get your, your uh, 
iPad to the router. You want to get to the actual thing hosting RDP for you, the remote desktop protocol. You want to make sure that the, the PC that you're going to hit has a static IP address. If it's dynamic... But I don't have a... That's the thing. I, you know, I, I did a uh, IP config all to see what my machine looked like. Yeah. And my machine doesn't have my PC. I couldn't find any, any IP address for it. Well, you, all you got to do is type in IP config in a DOS prompt, and that'll tell you what the current address that your router has handed out to that device. It'll say, okay, Jack, this PC's address today is 192.168.1.7. Right, yep. yeah. Which, which one is, uh, but which one, um, I, I'm getting confused here. Don't get, that's okay. You need to set a, f a fixed IP address on that computer, number one. You need to make sure that address always stays the same, and you can do that in the TCP/IP configuration of your network settings. Can Can you just let me? Uh, let me just. Uh, I'm just coming in on the uh, computer right now. Can I just uh, give you the information from the IP config so that we can try to figure out what the heck is going on? Well, the IP config is not going to help us because it's going to change every time you get a new IP address. You need to set it statically, or you can use a tool like Go to My PC, whatever the iPad is going to let you use, so the software offers a gateway from the cloud to end up on your system. Okay. But but what I got the thing the thing is the thing that I got working mm -hmm. on it was this one a address. I'm just going to let me give you the ad, well Yeah, you can give it to me. It doesn't matter. Let me give you the address. Just hold on one second, please. I'm going to put you on speakerphone. All righty. Okay, okay. Um what I'm typing in is the IP config. Mhm. Mm config all and okay so what I've got is is I've got connection specific DNSF suffix gateway dot paste dot com that's the gateway uh, the Wi-Fi guy that I've got but I don't have I I have a default gateway address which is a 192.168.1.254 all right and then I have, um, uh, why isn't it showing it here? Uh, it should show you the IP address of the thing you just ran it on. Yeah, um, that's, uh, I entered that into my iPad to make it work. Uh, so why right. don't I see it here? One, oh, I'm sorry. Um, it might have scrolled past you. Uh, hold on one second. Let me get my... Um, Try IP config without the slash all. Right. Do it that way? Well, yeah. yeah, it'll give you less information. I config. IP config. That's uh, all you one, need. One finger type in there. Uh, that's, yeah, that's giving me the IPv4. That was the address I was telling you about, the IPv4 address. Right, of the device, of your computer. Okay, yes, that's 192.168.1. I thought that was a... Um, for some reason, I thought that was uh, an IP address of the um, of the Wi-Fi router. No, okay. your no. gateway. Your gateway is the router. Okay, so that's where my confusion is. So it did. That's what worked for me. If if I tried to put anything in other than that, like uh, right. not IP addresses, it wanted your um, user ID, uh, mm -hmm. some information about your user ID. If I put that kind of information in, which it said should work, it wouldn't work. Okay. Right. That's fine. You, the IP is fine. Now, now the, ca the question here, Jack, is when you're doing this, you're doing this inside your network on your iPad. 
So exactly. you're you're able to look at your computer within your network remotely, which is not very remote, by the way. the The real key here is: Are you going to use this when you're no longer in the home and you're well, outside it? Yeah, that that was the second part of my question. I've only right. tested it out in the home where I'm local to this this right. uh, Wi-Fi router. All right. So here's what's going to really fry your noodle. Um, do you have a cell phone? Yes, I do. Does it have a uh, hotspot? Uh, yeah, it's a, an Apple. I'm pretty sure I can set up a hotspot on it. Okay. Then you went, so set up your, your Apple iPhone to have a hotspot, and then go ahead and have your iPad connect to that Wi-Fi service. Okay. Now you're outside your network. Right. And then you can sit within your home and test it, your iPad's ability to find this PC. Guess what it's going to probably need? And it's going to need... It's going to need something to know where my gate, my router. It's got to have some name associated with my router. Right? Not a name, but a public IP address. Yeah, public Right? IP. It's going to have to find the public IP address that your router is connecting to the Internet on. And guess what happens with that public IP address? Not it changes. It cha- well, not, it's not bad oh. things or good things. It changes. Oh, okay. So imagine your mailbox. Imagine if you had your okay. mailbox outside your front door and the, and the postman's coming down there to give you your mail and somebody hides the mailbox on them. He won't yeah, be able to okay. put the the mail in there or if they change the number on your mailbox every week exactly right, yeah <laughs> so that, that's the one where it says like your uh, ip address is good for the next day and then it changes that, right that kind of thing right exactly so right. all this work you could find is going to be for not unless you pay for static ips um and then you're going to ask yourself why should i do that because a business connection bob is expensive right for a home um, service. Well, you can't get it for a home service. Yeah, uh, you can. Not on the cable. No. You've got to no. pay for it. You've got to upgrade you gotta, your service. You've got to upgrade to business. Business. Service. Yeah. Well, so it's expensive. Well, I'm on, uh, I'm on Windows 10 Pro. You have to have Pro in order to run remote desktop. Well, that's half the uh, part of the battle, yes. But my point is your Internet service needs to stay at the same IP address or all okay. this is for not. Um, so you may want to consider more like a go-to-my-PC software where there's a cloud intermediary where... The PC goes to the cloud and says, here's Jack's connection, and then you're a remote, and you're going to go up to the cloud and say, oh, how do I find Jack's connection? And they, atta- they make that connection for you no matter where, what IP you have because right. it reports the other way. So there are other free alternatives to that, too. There's, uh, you know, um, Show My PC is one. Um, the one we uh, use has uh, also got a free one. It's uh, Hold on a second. I just buried it. <laughs> Any desk. Mm-hmm. So those are all alternatives that you can use where you just need to know the number that's right. assigned to your uh, your computer. And so instead of using the RDP protocol, you're going to use a, a different tool. Right. Yeah, I was playing around a year or so ago with Splashtop. But, um, I, yep, that's another one. I I just said, well, I got this thing, so I'll try it. it it's, it's working fine for the local in, environment, so I, right. that might be good enough for me. But oh, good. Yeah, that's that's a good question because if you're in another state and you want to get, you know, it's got to somehow get to my uh, router in my house, you know. Exactly. And uh, so that add that those IP. What is unique about each router in the world, you know, in the in the country is they can't all have this different IP addresses, can they? Yeah, they all have different IP addresses. Your internet provider gives you your address. Okay, and that's unique for you? It's unique for you, yeah. The addresses are handed out uniquely, and that's why we're running out of them. So okay. you're doing you're doing IPv4, um, and there's X number available of IPv4, IPv4 based on how many combinations you can make out of those numbers. Now we're going to IPv6, but, which but is a bit, like he- big headache. 
They can't use the uh, MAC address, which is completely unique, right? They couldn't use that. It's unique, but your MAC address isn't doesn't have any network protocol attached to it. It just says, Hi, yeah. "My name is MAC address." Uh, yeah, uh, you, so you need a you need a communications protocol okay. to connect to that. Got it. All right. Hey, well, thanks for the for the information. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Jack. Good luck. Yeah. Bye. 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 So we're going to be here until um, 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Two lines open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11 o'clock. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Joe in Berlin next. What's going on, Joe? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, gentlemen, for being uh, on the air every week and uh, helping us out with these. Our problems. pleasure. Our pleasure. Uh, <clears throat> I have a... All of a sudden, my computer decided not to get onto the network. All uh, of a sudden, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I get an error saying uh, you must log into this network before you can access the Internet. And then if I uh, click on the open network login page, it says this connection has timed out. What are you logging um, into? What operating system are you running, Joe? Windows 10. All right. Are you, are you logging into your Windows 10 machine? I am. Uh, yes, I'm, well, I'm on the Windows 10 machine, yes. All right, so it's up. You've got your desktop. You're fine. Now you double-click on your browser, and it's saying what? Uh, you must log into this network before you can access the Internet. Okay, are you working on Wi-Fi? No, 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 no. You're hardwired. Hardwired. Now, here's the kicker. Okay, so let me, let me describe have, my... Do you have here. a laptop? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Down in the lower right-hand corner, is it well, well, wait, a, wait a minute. This is on my desktop. Okay, this is your desktop. He has a laptop, but he's not using uh, it right now. No, I understand. <laughs> Correct. Correct. But some desktops also have Wi-Fi. Correct. And, and the uh, little icon, the network icon, will tell you if you're actually on the hard. It's using the hardwired or whether it's using the Wi-Fi. And that's kind of uh -huh. where I'm going, trying to figure it out. Mm. Okay. Let's make sure you're not using the, the wireless connection. Maybe your wired connection broke. Did you kick a wire? Well, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> now, if I unplug the cable coming from my um, computer yeah. and I plug it directly into the modem, I power down, power back up, I'm, on, I'm on, online. I can, I can get oh. access to the Internet. Okay, so you're so you're you've kind of proven your router might have some trouble. Well, Maybe. okay, so I bought a brand new router. I guess All right, same. <laughs> you're on the same page with us. All right, bought a brand new router. You plug it all back in, and the same yep. problem. Yep. So I think somehow you turned on uh, the security that doesn't allow you to go out and use the internet on the new router. On the new router. But you had the same error on the old router. Correct. Ah, uh, that doesn't make an answer. And, and, and let me back up. Let me this whole thing. I originally had a a, um, a switch, and this yeah. and that I had this exact same issue with the switch. 
then I had the, the, the old uh, wireless router, so I, so I said, oh, okay, I'll get rid of the switch, plug everything into the old wireless router, yeah. which I still use to, just to, just for the phone connection and stuff like that. Right. Put a wireless in the house. And I, I had the same error, so I said, well, the heck with this. I just went out and bought a brand-new router. And, All right. Uh, so, Joe, can you do an IP config like we talked uh, to the other person? Are you getting an IP address from your new router? Can you go uh, to the they, DOS prompt and do that? Okay, hang on. Let me go to uh, just do an IP man. config. We we don't want to have the all. Just want to see if you're getting an IP address that's not one two seven dot zero dot zero. IP. Or one sixty nine dot two fifty four. Right. IP address. Yeah. What's that? Uh, okay. Yeah, I get. Uh, well, okay. You want the IPv four address? Yeah. What are you getting? 192.168.50.147. All right, and you got your gateway at 192.168.50.1? Uh, no, uh, 192.168.50.1. Uh, well, oh. that's a different network. Yeah, you're at a different, that's a weird. You're in a different network. So when you configured D, your DHCP, you configured it wrong. Did you go I, on your I router? <laughs> I never did. I, 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 I couldn't even, I can't get onto it. Well, this explains it. So basically what's happening here, Joe, is your gateway is a 192.168.1 network, and your PC is on a, dot, a 50 dot network. I know what happened. Right. All right, Bob knows what happened. Okay. When you went into your router, you changed the IP address on the router, but you didn't change the scope of DHCP. Right. So if you do that, what happens is it gives you a... Uh, a uh, Network IP address that's different than the address that you that you need to use. Right, and or you have a static IP address on your protocol right now, where you have put a static 192.168.50. IP address in your network and uh, settings, and you have not set it to DHCP to obtain. So you need to go to your network settings on your computer and make sure it's set to obtain an IP address. Number one. Okay, how do I get to my network settings? Bob will tell you. Down in the lower, <laughs> lower right-hand corner, you have the little uh, little box that right. kind of looks like a little computer. Uh, yeah. Oh, right, right, okay. Okay, it says if you right-click, it'll say Open Network and Internet Settings. Or you can go to your control yep. panel. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And if you click on uh, over on the left side, Ethernet, Yep. And you may need to scroll down, but you want to check on Network and Sharing Center? Come on. Uh, all I have is all, all this, uh, oh, Network and Sharing Center, yep. Okay, click on that. Yep. All right. And then over on the right side, it'll say, it should say Internet or no Internet, something like that. But you click on the connection. It's the blue set highlighted one. Uh, set up a new network connection. No, you should have a network connection already. Oh, okay, yeah, connections, Ethernet, yeah? Right. Cl click on that. So you click on that. Okay. And it should give you like a, a box that says status in the title bar. And down near the bottom on the left side, it'll say properties. Correct. Right. You click on properties. You're 10 for 10 so far. Okay, yeah. All right. Now it'll open up another little box, and it'll have a list of protocols. You want to click on... The Internet Protocol version 4, TCP slash IPv4. Yep, yep, yep. And then click on Properties. Okay. And then 
in that it'll say obtain IP address automatically. Right. And beneath it, it should say obtain DNS server address automatically. What do you have set? We're, I'm guessing you have something in there. Okay, the open an IP address automatically is is uh, uh, is highlight not highlighted, but is uh, got got a black dot on it. But the open DNS server address automatically is not uh, on. Right, but, but it says oh, but it says use the following DNS server addresses: uh, 208.67.0.222.222. That's good. That's good. Those are the open that's DNS good. settings. Yeah, that's good. Right, right, right. But do you have anything in those other three boxes? But the other box no. above it, you don't. It should say obtain an IP address automatically, and then it, the uh, three boxes will be kind of grayed out. Correct. And that's, that's what you have. So you're correct. getting that. So this is coming from your router then. So here's what you got to do. You got to go into your router. So what you got to do while you're in here, while you're in this, go ahead and give yourself an IP address that relates to your gateway. So your gateway is 192.168.1.1, you said, I think, uh, when you did IP config? Uh, well, default gateway is 192.168.50.1. That's your default uh, gateway? Yes. I thought that was... And your IP address is 192.168.1. something. Uh, the the uh, that that is the address to to access the router. Right, but you told us an IP address that was different for your PC that sounded well, like well, it was I, different network. IPv4 address. Yeah. Is one ninety two dot one sixty eight dot fifty dot one forty seven. And the gateway is a fifty dot one. Correct. That's not what you told us earlier. <laughs> well, no, well. No, Are you messing I, with us, Joe? <laughs> I'm messing with me. Never mind you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to. Get, we're gonna go to a break here. Um, you need to get into that router. You need to go ahead and browse to 192.168.50.1. Okay. And I have a strong suspicion, maybe that you have maybe excluded your own IP address from access or something. I don't know what's going on here, but we need you to get into that router. So we're gonna put you on hold through the break. And when we come back, we want to find you logged into your new router. All right, okay. that, that's what you're going to be able to do. You know, how to, you know how to do that, right, Joe? Yeah, I'm going to do that right now. All right, we're going to put Joe on hold, and we're going to get back to you guys. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. The one thing about geeks, I know, again, my wife won't agree, we listen. <laughs> we'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.